All right. So as far as announcements go, um, carpets look pretty good. Yes or no? Yes. Also did a lot of the floors and, and all that. There's a couple of sections I'm going to have them come back and do that again this week. Uh, but I, I was pleased with what they did. So hopefully you all are too. Uh, let's see, Sunday night fellowship. And we'll probably talk more about this tomorrow night. We're having a preacher deacon meeting. Um, we're going to go ahead and cancel for this evening. And then also next Sunday night would be canceled because it's the, the holiday weekend. And then we'll resume on the 11th. And that will be business meeting and elections. Right, Brent? Business meeting and church elections. Um, we're still looking for Sunday school and Sunday night coordinators. And also the Christian Life Center janitor positions open. Uh, we have had a nomination for that. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But again, just a reminder, we need a, a move and a second for each of the positions. Brent, you want to say those out? Pastor? Clerk? What else is there? Two janitors. Two janitors? Treasurer. Treasurer? I already said that. Card. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, VBS coordinator? I think we had a VBS coordinator. We had an officials coordinator. Reach out, junior reach out. Is that it? I think it's all. Okay, so we need a move in a second for those. Uh, let's see, second harvest. Sign up sheet on the bulletin board back there, so sign up for that. It's the 21st next month, 530 to 7. Um, so some good news. Sunday night, October the 2nd, we're going to plan for a baptism service. So looking forward to that. Got a, got a few candidates for that already. If you know someone else that's interested, let me know. But Sunday night, October the 2nd. And we'll also need to, if, don't let me forget guys, we, we need to schedule a new members class for that too. Um, let's see, anything else on the sign-up sheet here? Actually, bulletin's back in the back today, so grab one of those as you, as you go out. And of course, Rachel's wrong. Jeez. I'm just kidding, Rachel. Um, looks good. All right, any other announcements? Turn the service over to Sister Sarah.
chapter 4. It appears we had some, some technical difficulties. We, uh, we've got a solution. It's just going to take some time to work it all out. So Appreciate your patience with that. And I even came with a title today, Daniel. Jeez. Looking pretty. That's all right. It happens. 
It happens. So last week we started looking at the, the early church and the proclamations of, of, about Jesus over in uh, Acts. Um, as the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit in that first sermon from, from Peter, we know it as, the, as we call it Pentecost. Um, and I believe it was 3,000 some saved during that time. That was the beginning of the church. And Peter used the, the direct appeals to the people regarding Jesus' power about his, his miracles and his signs that they all seen, that they all witnessed, and also his death and resurrection. Those were all the appeals that he used. It's that one part I love. But God rose him from the dead. And they were witnesses to that. And it says the people were cut to the heart. And they asked brothers, what should we do? What did he say? You guys don't like the interaction piece, do you? (laughs) Repent and be baptized. Turn away from that. So this morning we want to move into chapter 4. As the the early church continues to grow... And it says there, I believe, in the end of the the second chapter, they continued to perform miracles and signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. So we'll we'll read quite a few verses here. Um, But the title this morning, if you're a title person, which I'm really not, so that's why Daniel has to come up with them usually, is by what power, by what name? So keep that in mind as we go through this. So we'll start reading the, the first verse of the fourth chapter. And as they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if, you are being exa- if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And I love this part. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. 
And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. We'll stop right there. So this part of Scripture actually kind of started in the third chapter, but I didn't want to read two full chapters. So just kind of a quick summary of chapter 3. So Peter and John are going to the temple to worship. And there's this lame person that was laid at the gate to beg for money, basically. So, and as you can imagine, that was probably a really good place to put them to beg for money, wasn't it? I'm sure everyone knew that person, right? Come to the temple? They got compassion. They'll give some money. Right? Have you ever noticed, just odd, odd comment, that people that beg on the side of the roads are in certain areas that are high volume. You ever notice that? You're smart. So he was begging for money. And Peter and John didn't have any to give him. So they gave him something else. Something much more important. They healed him. Verse 6 there. It's 5 or 6. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And it says, immediately his feet and ankles were restored and made strong. And he was healed. And as you can imagine, he got up and started walking around, jumping and praising God. What does that do? Got everyone's attention. And then everyone migrated over into the temple. And again, can't you imagine what these people were thinking? Because they all saw him there all the time. Oh my goodness. It says they were amazed. They were filled with wonder and amazement, actually, is what it said. Peter uses this opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And if you were here last week, it was almost the same message again that he used last week. Anybody remember that message? What book were we in last week? There you go. And you guys are awesome. They're on it today. But he used this opportunity to preach and proclaim Jesus. Again, very similar message. And it repeats several times in the book of Acts, that same message. By the power of Jesus, this man was healed. Not by us. Who you denied, you crucified. I think it even said in there that they let the murderer of Barabbas go. They didn't heed the words of Pilate. They killed him. But God raised him from the dead. And we all witnessed that. Again, going back to this last week, repent therefore and turn back and your sins will be blotted out. That third chapter ends, verse 26, God having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from the wickedness, from your wickedness. So as we start chapter 4, there's some people that are pretty sick of hearing what Peter has to say. I think it was priests, captain of the temple guard. Who else was it? The Sadducees? They're Sadducees. I hate that joke. (laughs) They're Sadducees. But they were tired of hearing about it. And in fact, the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection. So that got them annoyed already. 
But it said they, it disturbed them by hearing what they said. So they arrested him. We've heard enough about this guy named Jesus. We got rid of him. We don't want to hear it no more. You know what's so encouraging there? Is even amongst their persecution, it still says people believed the message and were added to the church. And I think, is that where it said it was 5,000? Yep. But many of them had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. So on the next day, they basically had this big trial. All these leaders of the Sanhedrin, all the high priests, like the older high priests, the younger high priests, they were all there against Peter and John. Wouldn't that be a little intimidating? Would you guys think that'd be intimidating? I do. I'm not a court person. I don't ever want to go to court. It's very intimidating. Even sitting, doing the, what's it called? Jury. Jury? Sorry, I can't do sometimes. That's intimidating. Has anybody ever done that? Come on, Mark. you got to get in there. It's intimidating, but that's, that's exactly what they were trying to do here. They were trying to intimidate Peter and John to shut up. Basically, we have the power, not you. We're the smart ones, not you. Right? You're just common men. You're fishermen. Go fish. But think about what happened before when, when they captured Jesus. What did those guys do? They ran. Ran and hid. What did Peter do? <laughs> he denied him three times. So run away. Then they asked the question. And I bet you anything after they ask it and they got the answer, they probably wanted to take it back. Anybody ever done that? Ask a question, we're like, oh, I really don't want to know that. By what power, by what name did you do this? I don't know. Being in that situation, I think I would have been scared to death. I'm not sure what I would have done. Had to be scary. Again, it was intimidation, fear factor. We're in control, not you. But Peter stands up. And again, I, I, I just picture everything gets quiet where you could hear a pin drop, kind of like you guys are right now. Everything's quiet. No kids are screaming. You could have heard a pin drop. By what power? Here's what he said. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing well before you today. Can't you imagine what they was like? Oh, no. Here we go again. Here we go again. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it crazy to think, though? They're asking this guy they knew that was crippled. There's this big deal about he's healing. Like, wouldn't you think they would be excited about it? 
Like if we knew someone, if we actually knew someone that that happened to, I think we would be jumping for joy like the guy was. Wouldn't you? If someone receives salvation, we should be jumping for joy. Same thing. It's a miracle. And it can only be done by Jesus. And that's what he's saying here. It was by Jesus. It was by Jesus. Let it be known. Can't you imagine kind of shouting from the rafters? Let it be known it was Jesus. Amen. That you crucified. But that God raised again. That God raised again. By the name of Jesus. By Him. This man is standing here today. You know what He did make clear? It wasn't anything that we did. It was all about Christ. Same thing with salvation. It's nothing we did. It's all Christ. We just like to get in the way sometimes. And then he quotes from Psalms 118.22. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And they knew what he was talking about because they knew that old scripture. He was telling them this was prophesied. You were going to reject him. That chief cornerstone. But then he goes even further. My man, Peter. <laughs> You're going to get in trouble here, buddy. You're going to keep going. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, the world will tell you, if you watch Oprah or anyone else, that there's multiple ways to heaven. Won't they? The world will tell you that. I will tell you up here in the pulpit, through the Holy Spirit, that there is one way to heaven. And that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. One way. Mm-hmm. You know, we had such a good Sunday school class this morning. Talk about grace. Ryan was using the prodigal son and the, the song Amazing Grace. Which, how many of you know who, who wrote that song? John knows. Say it again, John. John Newton. John Newton. Do you know the story? Yeah. You should have been in our Sunday school class. Because we didn't. I, I'd read it before. I just couldn't remember what it was. I can't remember anything. But that amazing grace. But it says the Jewish leaders were amazed at Peter's boldness. And that he was able to inspire to speak intelligently. And that they, re- they realized that they were with Jesus. I'm like, well, that's a step. At least they're realizing that. But you know what they didn't realize is who Jesus really was. It doesn't say they believe. Does it? There's a lot of people that know about Jesus. Like Brother John's talked about so many times. He had that head knowledge. But it's different when you know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Because He changes your life. He changes everything. But they didn't believe. It doesn't say they believed. They knew it. They're like, how are these fishermen speaking intelligently about all this stuff? We're the smart ones. And the other thing that they couldn't turn away is the guy was healed. They couldn't do anything about that. 
He was healed, obviously. So they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. Boldness of Peter. You know, that's a lesson for us, actually. The boldness of Peter, that's a lesson for us. How many people struggle with sharing anything about God? I do. How many people struggle with that? Why? Because you're afraid? You don't want someone to make fun of you? You don't want to be persecuted? Does that sound familiar? We should be bold like Peter. You know, I was talking to Amanda a little bit the other night. If Jesus truly changed your life, shouldn't you be willing to talk about it? Yes. Shouldn't you be willing to tell people about it? Mm-hmm. Jesus changed my life. Big time. I was saved when I was nine years old. That's another thing. I always thought I was up here weak, crying, not good enough. You know what he does through our weakness? He makes things strong. Amen. He makes things strong. I might get up here and cry the whole service, but his Holy Spirit might take that those tears and break someone's heart for him and change their life. We should be obedient regardless. We should be obedient regardless. A couple things that, that happened this week went right along with this message. And God just never ceases to amaze me. I was talking to a friend the other day. And we were just chit-chatting. He was just kind of, he's a Christian too. He was just telling me about different things in his life. We only spoke for five or ten minutes. And he would tell me a couple stories, and he said, you know, well, he said, there's only one explanation of that, and I won't go into detail. He said, that has to be God. Mm-hmm. He's like, but if you talk to a non-believer, they're like, oh, you just got this, you just got that. He's like, there's only one explanation, and it's God. And that is so true. So many circumstances. I look back, and I'm like, that was God. Mm-hmm. That's the only explanation, is it was God. 
The other thing, as you know, I was here most of the afternoon Wednesday over there working as the guys were cleaning the carpets. And right when they got here, I mean, we were just talking. They were just talking. We were talking about church, and they were telling me where they go to church and everything. We actually, long story short, we ended up praying over. I bought a, a pizza for them because they were here so long. But we we prayed together, and uh, during the time they were cleaning over there, one of the guys came up to me. He said, "What got you into the ministry?" I, I wasn't spe- expecting that question at all. What got you into the ministry? He probably thought I was an idiot, which I am. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, what's this guy expecting me to say here? Then he was telling me about him and his mom having some evangelism stuff, and he's led so many people to Christ, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I said, my only answer is God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my only answer is God. He kind of looked at me funny. And then he kind of grinned and smiled and shook his head. That's the only answer. It's God. Then I'm thinking, you know, was he expecting something like, I just wanted the money to be a pastor. Some people probably think that. And then he's like, and I told him, I didn't go to seminary or nothing like that. And then he really looked at me funny. Let me tell you, son. Mm -hmm. God doesn't always call the qualified. Mm-hmm. He calls the unqualified, and then He qualifies them. Mm-hmm. He qualifies them. It was, it was an odd conversation. <laughs> but I know God was in the front of it. Mm-hmm. But all I could say was God. And when I got home, I just went in my office and I just thanked Him. Because that was the answer. It was God. Probably don't sound like much, but it meant a lot. I've heard so many people. I was actually talking to somebody a few weeks ago in this church. This pastor, he won't let anyone get up to preach that wasn't seminary trained. I'm like, dude, you're getting it all wrong. Just because you can go to school doesn't mean anything. God qualified you. I might be the worst per- person to stand up here and preach, but he qualified me. No one else. No book ever qualified me. You know, you think sometimes it's not good enough. I think it all the time. But in my worst, in my weakest, God's going to come through. He's going to come through. And if you ever stand up here to preach, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you're not in control. He is. I could work all week on a sermon. And when you stand up, it's what He wants you to preach. Nothing else. John, have you ever done that? You work on something all week. Saturday morning you wake up like, nope, that's not what God had intended. Oh, just close the notebook, John. I've done it a few times. And follow the Lord. But you see, God, He can use ordinary people mm-hmm. to make extraordinary circumstances. He's done it all through the Bible. But we get in the way. We like to make excuses. You know, when He called me to preach, 
it was quite a while I, I thought that. God, I don't know enough. God, let the kids get older. God, I'm not smart enough. God, I can't talk in front of people, which after you do it so many times, it is what it is. After you cry in front of people so many times, it is what it is. Get over it. But I had so many excuses. And John, I know you were called for a long time too. It's excuse after excuse after excuse. The thing is, until I was obedient, as hard as this is, I had no joy in my heart. And it's the same thing for all of you. I have no doubt that God is calling people here to be saved this morning. I have no doubt. I also have no doubt that God is calling people here this morning to preach and teach. I have no doubt. Because His work's going to go on. His work's going to go on. Just be obedient. Mm -hmm. Be obedient. Quit making excuses. I can't talk in front of people. Yeah, you can. If I can, you can. But think about all the excuses in the Bible. Moses. Me and Moses relate. Because he had the same problem I do. He can't talk either. I mumble and jumble all over the place. But again, he, wasn't, he didn't think he was good enough. I mean, so many different people. Gideon, I love that story. Mighty man of valor. He was high in his present week. We know what he ended up doing. Going and being a mighty warrior for God. Jonah, love that story. We just done that in our long done Bible study. And this is what gets me about Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go preach to the Ninevites. They were the enemies. He was scared of everything else. He didn't want to go. Even in his disobedience, God used it to save people. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Then when he actually went, what was it, Daniel? He said one sentence. And the whole place repented. His heart wasn't in that. But guess what was? God. God was in it. And that's all it takes. It takes someone being obedient or sometimes disobedient. And it takes God. And He gets the glory for it all. Paul. Paul always boosted of his weaknesses to give God the glory. One of my favorite verses of all time. 2 Corinthians 12.9 my grace is sufficient for thee. Mm-hmm. You know what else it says? For my power is made perfect in weakness. That is God. You're probably going to think I'm crazy, but I have a tattoo right there that says that. So I remember it all the time. Don't look at me bad. <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you no matter what. That's what He promised me. By what power? By what name? Jesus Christ, that's the answer. And His power will show through. By His power, souls were saved. By His power, the early church continued to grow and grow and grow. By His power, the gospel continued to go out. And we're still here today talking about it thousands of years later. Isn't that amazing? That people thousands of years after after Jesus died are still talking about a man named Jesus? Can you say that about anyone else? It's amazing. It's amazing to me. But I love how this ends. 
You know, they're like, what are we going to do with these guys? We really don't want them doing this. We really don't want them telling people about this. What are we going to do? So they charged them. Stop telling them about Jesus. Stop doing stuff in His name. And what did they say? Sorry. Sorry. You think God wants us to obey you rather than Him? We can't stop telling people everything we've seen and heard. And brothers and sisters, that's what we need to do. We need to tell people about Jesus. Get those fears gone. Get that boldness. I just I love that though, because I guarantee you that's not what they were expecting. They were expecting the Peter and John to turn tail and run. Well, sorry. We're going to obey God, not you. We're going to obey God. I'm going to shut up here in a minute. I don't know if you guys want to get a song or whatever you want to do here. But again, by what power, by what name? The answer is Jesus Christ. Like the little kids always answer everything. Jesus. Folks, that's the answer. It's Jesus. It was then and it's still today. The answer is Jesus. So just a couple of things to leave you with. We're not necessarily going to have an altar call this morning. But this altar is always open. It's God's. It's not mine or yours or anyone else's. It's God's altar. It's here for you. Whether you need to be saved or come, whatever it is, it's always open. Just a, a couple of things to think about. And if, if we're not preaching this, we might as well leave. Have you been born again? Have you been saved? We said this so many times. That is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. But if you are saved... Are you out telling other people what Christ did for you? Is your life different? Are you sharing your testimony? You know, Brian asked this morning. He's like, anybody want to talk about how God showed them grace? And it's like, crickets. What a ride. We should be able to tell what Jesus did for us. To anybody. To anybody. Or the other thing is, has God called you to do a good work in that salvation? Are you giving excuses? Are you not obeying? Do you think you're not good enough? Oh God, wait till I'm this, wait till I'm that. Let me tell you, that never goes away. God's calling you to do what He wants you to do. And as a child of God, you should do it. You should do it. Not only you will get blessed by it, but a bunch of other people will too. And again, God qualifies the... He doesn't qualify the call. Or I said that backwards. Forget it. You know what I'm saying. You know, one of the things that I remember when the morning that I came... Or actually, I think it was a night when I announced the call to preach. 
think it was might have been you, Sister Tammy. So God promises, if, as long as you call, make that and obey, He will fill your mouth. He's never let me down. I've made a mess of things, but He's never let me down. He's never let me down. Whatever it is, whatever He's asking to do, obey it. Just obey it. It's that easy. Until you obey it, you're going to be absolutely miserable. Whether that's salvation, whatever it is, you're going to be miserable. Just obey it. I don't know, Sarah, are you leading the song here? I just want to get a couple of verses of songs. Not necessarily have an altar call or anything like that. Just get together, fellowship, handshake, love each other like God wants us to love each other. And then we'll just be a sinner. If anybody has anything, if you ever want to talk to me, we can go back here. We can talk. You can come to the house for lunch. Amanda's got a good lunch cooked. Or we can order pizza, whichever one. I don't want to ever be afraid to talk about a man named Jesus. Because that's why we are here. If He saved your soul, you should be able to share that. Alright, I'll shut up. Everybody stand up.